0: Right, hello, welcome to the Spartan podcast. Today, we have Emily Topping with us. Uh, She is the owner and founder of Emerge Elite. She is also a phenomenal photographer and videographer, um, and she also does online marketing and mentorship for small businesses. So I'll hand it over to you, Emily, and you can introduce yourself a little bit more.
1: Hi, I am Emily, obviously, Bianca's just told you that. So yeah, I started up my first business in 2016, back end of 2016, but we didn't actually do anything with it until 2017 because I did a lot of things wrong. <laughs> so that was like, as it, as it happens, you know, and to be honest, all of those trials and tribulations that I had with my first two businesses, which was Emergely and the film and photography, mm-hmm. all of the things that I got wrong, like filing taxes was a big one and just general like invoicing and stuff i've been able to now put into a nice little bundle and ensure that all of my clients don't go down the same road that i did um we've been able to work with such amazing companies some big you know global companies and stuff it's been an amazing journey up to now um and yeah so i'm just going to continue doing what i do best
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's all we can do mate so You said, obviously, you started with Emerge Elite and stuff. And obviously, we know each other personally anyway. So we've had this conversation off camera. But I know that you did have some issues with, like, tax and registering and all that sort of stuff. And to be honest, I had the same kind of questions when I started out because it's not very clear. Like, it's so difficult. Like, even now with, like, Eclectic Media, um, like, on the business side of it, like, I've registered as a limited company. But unless you get a registered... Uh, accountant it's so like murky waters to sort of to sort of navigate like what tell us about that whole process and what happened and like where you would give advice into how to avoid those (laughs) those common mistakes
1: (laughs) basically don't do what i did (laughs) Um, a fundamental thing to a business, a foundation to a business is your finances. It is the taxes, it is the invoicing, it's the payment systems, it's everything that goes with that. And when you're beginning, like when I did, I think on my first week of um, opening Emerge Elite, I only sold seven t shirts. So, seven t shirts at £20 a piece isn't very hard to document. <laughs> but as you get more and more and more, as it did, mm-hmm. I lost track of doing that, and then a great thing that I learned was spreadsheets are king, mm-hmm. um, and just having everything written out. So if you're a sole trader, you can earn eight thousand a month without much tax. I think it's between ten to twenty percent for to your first million, which mm-hmm. is something I didn't know about. But as a sole trader, you need to be very distinctive. So like a photographer or something like that, where, you know, you work on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, With a limited company, like both of our businesses, obviously it's different, it's corporation tax. Mm -hmm. It's a different kettle of fish. Now, Mm -hmm. they figure out the tax for you, depending on what year it was. So last year for me, it was 19%. But I always go to the nine to five business model, because Mm -hmm. it usually works the same way. Mm -hmm. So for your first 49999 it's 20%. Anything over that is 40%. Yeah. It, and what really complicates people is they suddenly say, Well, I'm not gonna make fifty thousand because then I lose forty percent straight away. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's everything after that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not you suddenly play forty percent on everything you buy. Yeah. You go the other way. And um basically the things that I did, which was just an immature uh <laughs> 23, 24 year old who just got my taxes in mm-hmm. and then just decided not to pay them. <laughs> and then if you funnily don't, pay, wise. yeah, funnily enough, if you don't pay them, they charge you extra. <laughs> <laughs> so I did this for so long that in my first business, first business year, I only turned over £800 and I spent £550 on fines. <laughs> so that first year was absolutely terrible because right off most of my stock to get awareness and you know the normal things that we do um, but yeah then I just just didn't I was literally my mum would be like you you've got a, another tax <laughs> you know notification here you need to sort that out. And I'd be like, yeah, no, it's fine. They say I've got like 90 days. Oh, yeah. 90 days. And then before you know it, I like looked at my account and I was like, I owe them 550 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pound. So yeah, guys, Maybe. if when you get when you get your file through and you normally either get an email or it through the post when you mm-hmm. need your corporation tax to be paid, mm-hmm. pay it, just pay, pay it.
0: it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Figure out how, how you much fines, you pay, pay your it.
0: fines, kids. Pay your fines. Yes. <laughs> So like, obviously, you've been in business for a while now. You've got Emerge you've got your photo, video, and now you're doing mentorship. Sort of take us through your journey of like where you were before you did your first business.
1: Um, I was, well, I guess if you go back to being quite young, I always knew that I was going to be different mm. because I really hated school. I really hated it. I was just not academic and I just couldn't do what all the other kids were doing which was read something visually just like clock it into my head and then regurgitate it onto a piece of paper it just mm. wasn't something that I could do and I was surrounded by so many people like my two best friends are so freaking smart like book smart one of them is not common sense smart <laughs> but very much book smart I find that a lot. yeah and yeah and i found that i was like well if i'm gonna keep up with these guys i need to do something different Mm. so even by the age of 12 i was doing a paper round by myself and earning 20 pound a weekend and i would drag my dad into it when the roads were icy and i couldn't get on my bike and he had this it's like a car slash van <laughs> and we just opened up the back doors and had the papers in the back and I'd sit in the boot with the doors open and every time he'd just stop and I'd be like go 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 <laughs> <laughs> and like but we came up with that entire business plan ourselves Works you smart, know in, harder. In, yeah in college we didn't you know uh people get levers, mm-hmm. you know jobs and stuff we didn't have anything like that so you had levers, ones for if it was a bigger class or something but you didn't have anything that said the course that you were doing and I thought well I was in an equine college at this point and I was like sick Mm -hmm. I will draw a picture whatever picture they want of a horse and put their you know put their course on it Mm -hmm. and their initials on it on the front and back and sell them nice I did and I honestly like my dorm room because I was there until I was about 19 was always the place you went for booze (laughs) because I always had it because I always had money I was always like selling all these hoodies everywhere and making like 20 quid profit on each one it was amazing and then it was like I went through a period of where I traveled I think you know that was a great thing for me it made me realize actually that the world is a lot bigger than we think but small in the concept that we have so much access to it Mm -hmm. Um, and Emerge Elite came about because I actually used to have a blog I don't actually talk about this blog a lot because it was a weird period of my life (laughs) and it was when I went from being a quite overweight teenager Mm -hmm. to borderline anorexic at 22 to then a healthy weight and it was the whole documentation of the entire process and it was called topping of the cake nice play on Words, love it yes (laughs) yes <laughs> and I remember that when I was borderline anorexic I went for a really really horrible mental period of just where I thought I was fat but I really wasn't fat you know yeah. like it was one of those that no matter how big my six-pack was or how skinny my arms were and Bianca you know my arms my arms are little
0: yeah
1: <laughs> little and they just I just wasn't thin enough. Mm. And I remember one day I went back and I was reading all this and seeing people's comments about like how beautiful I was and all this kind of stuff. When I was not healthy, mm. made me delete the entire thing. I just got rid of it straight away. Cause I was like, I didn't want to put that energy out in the world anymore that that was okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Being unhealthy was okay. Mm. Um, especially once I started to get myself out of that, that place. And that's where Emerge Elite came from. It was actually brought into view by an ex of mine. Um, she worked for a promotional merchandising company. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if you want to just mock up some t-shirts, she was like, I can do it. And I can do it for really cheap because this is what she does day in and day out for like Samsung and everything like that. So I was like, okay. And I was like, and then I was like, what the friggin' hell do I call it? What do I call it? What's it going to be about? And the only thing I could think about was this blog where I started it because I wanted to help people on my weight loss journey from an okay. obese teenager. And Emerge Elite came about. And it's because my name is Emily Elizabeth Topping. Mm. And it was E.E. So Emerge Elite. Nice. So that's how my first business came about. And then to be honest, everything's just rolled from there. Mm -hmm. it's um it's a very big thing and I know a lot of people out there will think the same is that when you are an entrepreneur you really do move with whatever's in front of you so for me I didn't want to pay a photographer I know you were the same on that (laughs) because you you didn't have the money when you know your products cost you so much yeah and you know you're only making 20 pound a t-shirt and you know of that you were probably taking home only about 10 pound of it Mm -hmm. and you couldn't afford a photographer and i couldn't afford a photographer for one t-shirt in five colors yeah exactly. you know, i couldn't do it so my brother is a f- professional photographer um so i asked him what camera should i get what should i do and i just started doing it myself and then it was weird because people were just like you're actually quite good at this and i was like am i <laughs> Well, thank you <laughs> and- honestly it's just like snowballed and I've worked with some of the biggest fitness influencers in the UK I've traveled around the world working with people I've even done weddings and stuff it's been incredible yeah and then now it led me to where I am now where I essentially mentor people to not make the same mistakes that I make (laughs) um but also to show them that it's it's daunting and it's scary but you're not alone in it like I yeah. you know I've been incredibly for- fortunate to find people like you and like other people that I know that I vibe with on a very personal level but we also are very strict with each other where we're kind of like you need to do this like yeah. you need you to be accountable in that direction and essentially now I just do that for lots of small companies
0: yeah that's that's basically what business is isn't it like you have to provide value and I do you know what I really hate that saying like I think this internet boom has just generated so many would be entrepreneurs and people that are following the crowd. And all you ever hear is value, 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 I provide value, I give you value, or you have to provide value to your customers. And it drives me nuts because it's such an ambiguous statement. Like what is value to someone? Do you know what I mean? Like for us, when we started, we were bootstrapping. That's why we got into photography and videography because We didn't have the money to pay for someone else, like you said, so we bootstrapped it. So me then doing photography for someone else, that's providing value. But in order to get to that point, I had to put in so much work like to even learn the functions of a camera. But what is value to one is not value to the other. And I'm a big... I don't even know how to say this like i'm really not a fan of the, just the saying of value because it's so ambiguous like when we started out we googled everything we youtubed everything like it was like we have to figure this out and for someone to say oh provide value that's like well what is that like that is, what what does that mean do you know what i mean that's why like i started this podcast to start with was to start digging deeper into what is value like what can you do what are actionable steps that you can follow to start producing the results that you want to produce do you know what i mean value yeah. to one is different to value to the other but if you can specify it you can pick which is good for one and which is good for the other do you know what i mean yeah
1: i mean like i don't know if you do the same with your clients but a big thing that i do is our first zoom call like now mm-hmm. is nothing to do with business really mm-hmm. it's i sit down with them because a lot of people so i, I work a lot with online pts so I sit down with them and practically the entire first conversation is getting to know them Mm -hmm. and getting to know what they value not what I value yeah but what they value and what they want to bring to the table because I always think that also authenticity is key
0: yeah I mean you've got to sell if you're selling it's because you sell something you believe in but you cannot sell to someone that doesn't want to buy like people don't buy from you because you're selling it they buy because they want to buy it and the only way that that comes across is passion and and knowledge and expertise and stuff but you also have to make sure that you are a good fit like for you online personal trainers like you know having worked with coaches before you have to connect with that person like it doesn't just like what they're selling you have to buy into it and you have to buy into them so yeah Yeah. I, I take meetings all the time where we have a discussion that is completely irrelevant to the topic at hand but it just shows if you're a good culture fit for each other to work because you have to have that ability to have an open relationship to work in order for it to be successful in my opinion
1: yeah I I mean I totally agree with you I think like it's just it's the eight well it's the kind of thing at the minute we know I, I mean I've been from my first you know (laughs) mail delivery service let's call it um I've been doing this for 17 years without really knowing about it yeah I've always been looking at what problems are around me that I can solve Mm -hmm. that's essentially what I kind of put myself into which is just kind of like how can I do something for someone else that doesn't just bring them value it Mm -hmm. solves the problem that they've got in front of them
0: yeah well that is business just in general isn't it like if you don't solve a problem or offer a more effective solution to whatever it is that your ideal client is suffering from then you have no business like and I I mean I remember being five six seven years old like sitting at a desk that my dad made because he was a carpenter and like putting my papers down and this and that and like Pretending I'm in an office because I always knew I wanted to like run a business and own a business. But at the same time, ever since then, I'm like, well, what can I do to help? Like, what am I solving? Yeah. Every like every entrepreneur has been through those businesses where they're like, well, I had this business, it failed, I had this business, it failed. It's a learning curve, but they usually fail because you're not solving a problem. Like yeah. if people don't need your solution whether that be clothing or tires or you know a mobile phone which was a completely alien concept at one point then it's just not going to sell like you have to solve an issue and i think that's a lot of people start a business because they want to own that business like i want to own a clothing company which we both have yeah (laughs) but what is like they talk about usps you know unique selling point but what is it like why do people need to buy yours like yeah. anyone can buy a t shirt, but people buy a t shirt that makes them feel good or makes them feel part of a larger community or comes with perks like a free ebook or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not people get into business for the wrong reason. I think yeah. some people, yeah.
1: well, I mean, it's the same thing as like because entrepreneur has become very uh, popular now,
0: <laughs> let's say. I've <laughs>
1: But it's like, you know, but people can turn around now and sit there on Instagram and be like, I'm a social influencer when they're not. I'm a business owner when they're not actually running a business. They have a business. I'm not going to say that they don't have a business, but they're not running a business.
0: Well, yeah, you could set up a business for £12 on a company's house, but it doesn't mean you actually run the business.
1: Yeah, it's like a CEO It's like annoys me when everyone's just like I'm the CEO of this and I'm like that's cool what mm. do you do and then they're like well I, I do this and I'm like okay so how's that going and they're like well not very well and I'm like well then you're not doing it then are you
0: <laughs> it, that's the same problem we have like in the agency space as well like it is a lot of people that are saying oh I have a business but realistically they're just freelancers like we both know like we're incorporated businesses like it's taxes it's paperwork (laughs) it's a pain in the ass sometimes but it has to be done because we are an actual business yeah a lot of people just stick founder in their insta bio and all of a sudden they're a business owner it doesn't work like that
1: yeah and and that's true like i mean i think people forget that you know considering that we both have clothing film and photography and you know social media aspects so mine's more mentoring yas's agency we spend most of our time sat at a computer okay. like i i don't think people understand actually how much like i i must look amazing on instagram sometimes because i do some pretty cool shit mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but then people don't see the other like they don't see me at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. still sat on my computer trying to get a business plan done to someone that I signed at seven o'clock that evening. They don't see that process. Yeah. yeah they see all the cool things of like, that's why. Um, uh, So when I ruptured my Achilles, I never showed my bank balance to anyone. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't think it was necessary. But in that one singular month was when we hit our first 10k month. Mm-hmm. And I screenshotted it and I put it onto social media and I was like, I never tell anyone this. Mm. And the reason I don't tell anyone this is because I know exactly how you guys are going to respond to it now.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like you see all the best bits, mm. but I was like, I'll show you what's actually happening right now, which was me stuck in the corner, yeah, with a moon boot, trying to fit it under a tiny table yeah. and type uh, it like this. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get work done, yeah, like just the situation that I was in at that moment, yeah, it was financially really great, but the other aspects of it was not so great,
0: yeah, 100%. I mean, I went through the same thing, you know, I ruptured my, my patella tendon. Um, and actually, while I was in hospital, uh, my other half bought me a desk to put in my room because I was getting a bad back from sitting on the bed all day, but it was the same thing, like. I had probably my best financial month but I'm sitting there with a straight leg that's locked straight because I'm not allowed to bend it trying to maneuver and like rest it on a ledge underneath the desk while typing while trying to you know have everything in arm's reach because I can't like get because I can't move to get to it like they're the unglamorous things that people don't see about business they think that they put founder in their 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 bio that it makes them a business owner but actually it's the private victories and it's the marginal gains and it's all of the small stuff the struggle of trying to maintain a business and and keep your head above water while suffering all of the other daily you know grinds and problems that you get in everyday life whether you run a business or not that's the part that makes you a business owner like i incorporated eclectic media last year actually after I ruptured my, my patellar tendon, I had four operations last year. I had four infections. I was in and out of hospital four times. You know, I spent a week in hospital here, there and everywhere. At, every time I went in, I didn't seem to come out but I still had to take meetings. Do you know what I mean? Like I've got testimonials from clients saying, I really appreciate the fact that you signed in for a client meeting while sitting in a hospital bed. But these yeah. are the bits that people don't get. Like business is hard. it is not easy like you see all of these people and they're like oh it's great you know I read 52 books a year and I meditate every day and I do this and I do that and I'm thinking I would love to meditate but one my brain just doesn't switch off like I've tried it so many times for me like foam rolling and stretching is a form of meditation but I can't sit there with a guided meditation it just doesn't work but like I'm like dude like you just you, <laughs> you don't get it like it's not about reading 52 books a year because I don't have time to read 52 books a year because I'm working like I see on your story all the time like you're up at three o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning doing client work before you then go in to do your day job like these it's so unsexy like business yeah. you have yeah. to love it you really <clears throat> have to love it
1: yeah see like and that's the thing and that's where like um you know like you you've got your podcast now I've got my podcast as well and doing all these sorts of stuff and it's really weird because until I put it out there Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that people were completely unaware of you know the things that I actually do and how I think and how I feel about stuff and it's the way that when you turn around and people are like oh Emily you're so amazing (laughs) it's like because you work so hard and I'm like dude it is not normal to Mm -hmm. wake up at 5am and go to sleep at midnight Mm -hmm. every single day no it's not normal and it's not normal to sit at a desk and to work for that extended period of time i was like i do not recommend it no i was like but this is a situation that i have to be in like we had an amazing year in 2019 we hit six figures a good six figures as well without my day job Mm -hmm. and i was nearly to that point where i was like i'm out Mm -hmm. see you later i'm gonna start doing this full time because i can now yeah and then the pandemic hit and then literally this entire year all of that hard work and stuff has just been keeping everything going because now because i've grown so much everything costs so much more
0: (laughs) yeah oh your spending then starts meeting your your earnings you like yeah. to start living to your means, which is a dangerous game to play. Like I said, like I would probably be more I was struggling more earning thirty thousand a year in a day job than I was, you know, in the middle of being signed off sick for a year because of my knee and earning a thousand pounds a month just doing bitty like social media jobs here and there. Because I was living to my means. Once yeah. I like paid everything off it was so much easier and I was actually happier earning less because I wasn't as stressed, worried about where I'm going to pay this bill, got to pay that bill. Like it's so, so unsexy, like the stress that you have to go through to like actually maintain what it is you're trying to build.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I had to make a really horrible decision at the beginning of the pandemic, which was literally to take 70% off every single item at Emerge Elite Mm. because I had to move out of the warehouse Yeah. I couldn't afford it. I really couldn't. I could not afford it. was I mean guaranteed I had mates rates with someone else, but it was still costing me 250 pounds to have like a I mean it was a big space (laughs) but like you know a wall space and stuff. So I was like, screw it. I've I've got this stock sat in Latvia and America Mm -hmm. waiting to come over to the UK and I have all of this stuff here and I was like and I can't afford the stuff here. I have to move it into my house. My house is small anyway. Mm -hmm. And I had to make that decision. It was either you pack up and you're done. You go home and you're done. You just put it into a garage that's going to cost me like 90 quid a month. And it's Mm going to rot away and stuff. Or you just give people clothes. Give people clothes. And I literally, I remember at one point I went into my gym. And I just had like two bags of clothes. And I just like put them on the table. And I was just like, help yourself. Mm. go and it's yeah. like and they were like why are you doing that and I was like because this is the situation that I'm in right now which yeah. is I only have a limited amount of space in my house for clothing so yeah. I have to limit what I'm going to put in there so and then it's
0: also I think a matter of um perception as well because although you are financially losing out handing out free clothing it mm-hmm. then becomes a element of free publicity because you've given someone something they're wearing it and it's being put out into the immediate area people know who you are it gives you a chance to build relationships with these people and you then get a stronger buyer base because they know you and your story and obviously you've provided value up front you've given them something for free like although it sucks taking that financial hit sometimes it really benefits like the actual business becomes a solid brand because of these decisions we have to make yeah
1: I mean I'm super grateful because I'm really I'm in such a fortunate position now that like the business is not doing as well as Mm -hmm. we'd like it to be But honest to God, if I was to go onto my social media and be like, guys, I need people to help me pack. Mm -hmm. You know, like I need people to help me pack orders for half an hour. I would have at least 20 to 30 people Mm -hmm. that would be like, yeah, cool. Emily, just tell us where you need to be. And that means a lot more to me than the money. And like, cause money, money's great. It makes the world go round. But uh, I went through like a, a definite, like little depression part. Well, I'd say depression, but I just felt shit about myself. Mm. Basically, we don't need to put a label on it. Um, and I was just like, I've worked because I lost like about forty-five thousand pound for this in this pandemic of just like having to sell things and get rid of things and move things and pay things off. I had to pay contractors off and stuff like that because I didn't have any work. I didn't have anything for them to do, mm-hmm. and I had to do all these things and. I was like sat there and I was like well it was all for nothing I've made all this money and I've done all this and I made all of these achievements in four or five years yeah. and now I have nothing and then I sat there and I remember feeling really sorry for myself and going onto to social media and just putting something up it was something really random it was just like you know a throwback a throwback of Emerge Elite and stuff and the amount of people that were like oh my god I remember this day and then you did the content day in London and then you did this and then oh my god those t-shirts were sick and we had this photo shoot and I was like you know what I've actually achieved a lot Mm -hmm. like a lot of stuff it's just not always monetary
0: yeah but it's not monetary now but it comes back in kind and Mm. that to me is value like we obviously met on social media like for those that obviously aren't aware like me and Emily met through Instagram because we're both females we were both in clothing we both did photo and video and we kind of bonded over that because there aren't very many of us out there that that does it Uh, there (laughs) there really isn't but we became good friends out of that and like you've done you did my my YouTube intro before I obviously did my leg like I've taken some photos for you and obviously I've done a bit of modeling for Emerge Elite as well like that we've built a solid friendship over Instagram from just providing a little bit of something for each other, like because it's so hard to find other business people and other entrepreneurs and people that actually understand the mindset. So we know how much we appreciate it on the other end. Like how often do you get photos taken of you instead of being on the other end of it? Do you know what I mean? Like just those little bits really do make a difference. And like you said, if you ever said, shit this has gone down I need to get out of the warehouse or whatever and you message me you know I'd come and help you and vice versa yeah but that's because we've built a relationship rather than just looking to make a sale does that make sense
1: yeah. uh yeah and I also think that people undervalue the fact that the people that you do surround yourself with have an incredible impact on how you essentially deal with life hmm um like I definitely know because uh you and Danny uh probably because as you know Danny
0: yeah
1: probably like my two most solid people <laughs> uh, for bu- like for business and everything I'm like we're the boss ass bitches like all <laughs> and um but I it is amazing because I met you all through Instagram mm-hmm. you know I met both of you through Instagram obviously you don't live that far away from me nope. Danny you know lives in the north and but I continuously like try and make sure that we see each other and every win that you have I'm like yes it feels like it's a win for me too and I I always think as well that a lot of people that are really serious about you know starting their own brands and stuff I've been working with a few individual people recently I think they worry way too much about the people around them that they value and I'm like well like as I said to you before before we got on the call and stuff it's only someone's limitation of you mm-hmm. from their perception.
0: Yeah, hundred
1: percent. It's their expression of like they think you can't do it. Yeah, that's why they're telling you not to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, tra- it's literally their their comprehension of what is possible.
1: Mm. It's like, um, and and to be honest, we ain't perfect between both of us. You know. <laughs> I mean i'm i'm getting the 30 30 this year you know and i still oh, mate, i'm allow, way past that <laughs> but i still allow people to have way too much of an opinion of where my life is going and that is a continuous effort to try and get over well
0: that, but, that's a, that's a social construct that we've all been brought up with and the people we are the people that fight against that and have the balls to fight against that there are a lot of people that follow the social conventions because that's what they're told to do Um, yeah especially with like business
1: I I don't know if you've ever noticed it in business but I have seen people make really terrible decisions because they think that's what society wants Mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of like no 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 you so it was a thing that I said to someone and I put it in an email recently where I was like out of the billions may I just like express the billions of people there are in the world. If you were only to convert 1000 of them for 25 pound a month, you'd be making 25 grand a month. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is a tiny little percentage. So why are you going to society? Mm -hmm. Because I promise you, whatever you're trying to sell, whatever you're trying to like establish postnatal, you know, um, Workouts or you know clothing businesses and stuff. If you can just solidify one thousand people, you are a very very successful human being.
0: Hundred percent. I'm sure it's like Russell Brunson that says you only need a hundred true fans to make a living. Yeah, like, and that is true. Like if you like, like you said, there's billions of people in this world. Like uh, finding a hundred people that are interested in what you do. Is not difficult in this day and age like as long as you know who you are actually servicing and who you are providing value for or you know solving a solution for whatever you want to call it and where to find them and there are many books out there on how to do that you know there's so many youtube channels google articles all that stuff it is so not hard to find them it is literally a case of putting the time in to do that yeah And I think that comes back to what we were talking about of uh, people just opening businesses because they want to open them. Like, it's great. Like I could come out tomorrow and be like, right, I've got fantastic set of blinds that I'm going to start producing, blah, blah, blah. I really like them, put them out into the world. But what if other people don't want them or people like blinds? Who else likes blinds? Where am I going to find these people? Like the internet has given us an ability to find these people we have to as marketers as business owners you know as just people selling something like at the very basic level as people selling something we need to know where to find them and that is literally all it takes in the sea of six eight billion people and you know a billion of them on facebook alone it's not that hard to find them yeah. you literally just the problem with most businesses i find and and usually with the businesses that I I work with is them narrowing down who it is they're actually looking for.
1: Yep, That's, that's
0: spot on. Like that's what I find. Yeah. It's not my job to find out who you're looking for. This is your business. You should know your figures. You should know all of your numbers, all your metrics, and you should know who you're targeting at the very basic level of business. Because once you know that I can tell you where to find them. It's not going to be hard everyone's congregating on the internet in one way shape or another you need to know that as a business owner you need to find out who you're looking for yeah yeah exactly 100%
1: and then that's where like well in in a way it makes our job a little bit easier when we find that out because yeah. then we can actually spend the time and the effort narrowing down or niching because mm-hmm. that's the popular word to say oh,
0: wow honestly hate that too I think I have a problem with just like social conventions of traditional sayings <laughs> yeah I know it's
1: like but then that's that's essentially what our job comes down to and then it's also being able to understand the analytics and understand the demographics and yeah. stuff like that. It's
0: a but that's the technical you know, it's the field <laughs> but that's what we're here for like but mm-hmm. just business in general it's a very basic level like before there was the internet and all of that stuff like you still had to know this stuff when you opened a brick and mortar shop yeah it, it's not it's not changed it's just been amplified now with the internet yeah oh yeah definitely 100%. and i think like there are so many resources now for people as well like i'm i'm an avid reader you're an avid reader um i tell you what the one thing that does annoy me though is when people say i've read 52 books this year and then they've said they've done audiobooks i'm like mm mm you have not read those <laughs> that does not count okay and i know well, you do books, but it still does it does not count you have listened to 52 books you have not read them which but, uh,
1: you know what after our last conversation regarding that because i remember when i actually said <laughs> that to you um <clears throat> and i said that i've read so many books and they've <laughs> all been audibles and um I actually started reading I actually started reading more I have a collection of books now and stuff you know I sent you books and everything of ones that resonated with me and no joke they have more of an impact because I actually have to use kind of like my entire body mm-hmm. to read it instead of just driving in the car and then being like you know someone would like cut me off and I'm like me me yeah <laughs> and then I, I missed, missed the paragraph yeah <laughs> you know like i und- i really understand it but, but you know everyone's looking for the easy way out though
0: yeah like, I, I mean I everything has it. to be time efficient now doesn't it like we're all like struggling to find time to fit things in but yeah. i just think there's something so like fundamental with reading like actually reading especially like for me i i majority only read maybe minimum 10 pages a night before I go to bed, in bed, because it also gives me a chance to relax and settle down, get all of the the electronics and stuff out of my life. And I can actually focus on what I'm doing. I'm, I'll be the first to put my hands up and say, I am a terrible multitasker. Like I have to focus. Even if I have multiple things on at the go uh, at the time, I need to set aside an hour to do this and then I'll do something else. As soon as I start multitasking, it just doesn't sink in with me. So for me, reading really is a time for me to take in that information. Yeah. Audiobooks are just... One, if the person's voice, uh, if I can't get on with it, it just doesn't sink in. When they're talking, I'll switch off and my mind will be thinking about something else. Like It just doesn't have that same thing for me. And it's the same with uh, the Kindle. Love the concept, hate the execution. I just can't get on with it. Like I have to have... physical book in front of me
1: yeah it feels a bit weird doesn't it when you're just kind of doing that
0: yeah
1: or mm. or that yeah (laughs) like my my dad's got my old one and he honestly he read like a whole book in one evening in front of me and it's just yeah and i'm just and i'm sat there with my book like i was reading um this book called attached Mm -hmm. and i was reading it and i'm just like looking over him like what are you doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't feel like, it's not the same, like you don't, for me anyways, I don't get the same connection with a book on Kindle or Kindle app or anything like that. If it's an electronic device, it just doesn't, just doesn't go in. Like I'm very much a very old fashioned person. I need to have paper and pens, make notes. Like I have notebooks coming out my ears. Like every bit of information I've ever learned is in a notebook somewhere in my room or in my house like that's just how I am and even if I never go back to it like the people that highlight in actual books honestly it breaks my heart can't have it all my books look like they're pristine in a bookshop (laughs) I just I have that connection with books like it's always been a thing for me as a kid but it's such like everyone like you know we're both aware of like Iman and he reads you know a book a week and everyone's like I'm gonna do that and it's so great and Sometimes I feel like people are reading for the sake of reading and not consuming the information. Yeah. Does yeah, that make well,
1: sense? Like, um, also, a quick question on that one mm-hmm. because I've only really started reading,
0: <laughs> real life reading. reading. <laughs>
1: um, you know, I did audiobooks for ages, but I mean, you know that before um, my current job, I worked as an equine vet nurse. Mm-hmm. So I was always on the go, bandaging and stuff. And I'd have an audio book in my ear the entire time. So I read, I think it was something crazy, like 100, read 116 <laughs> books in like a year. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I'm amazing. And then you'd be like, well, what was that book about? And I was like, no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found now that from actually reading, my speech has mm-hmm. got better. My punctuation has got better. My grammar has got better. And my writing has got better. Yeah. And this is coming from a self-published author <laughs> you know like I've written my own crap mm-hmm. and but reading physically sitting down whether I do the same as you I read before bed but like sometimes I even just sit here at my desk and I'm like okay cool I need to have a break from mm-hmm. the computer and I'll read like 10 pages and then it just clicks my mind into a more I don't know functional way because mm-hmm i'm so i'm so on the go i'm very much kind of like a you know grab the cat i mean i've got two cameras in front of me right now um I'm grab a camera and i'm like hey guys yeah yeah, yeah. that's how i am i'm not that ve- i'm not very you know typey typey
0: yeah see that's where we are different because you are very front-facing and i'm not like doing videos on instagram i know i need to get better at it but it's really just not my thing I don't know. I feel very self-conscious. And I was like that, actually, when I started YouTube. I did get better. The more I did it, the more comfortable I got doing it and doing it in public, which is funny because, you know, we always say that with everything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. But it is a very self-conscious thing. And especially because I think my original Instagram started out as a personal Instagram. It wasn't business-related because very few people knew what I did. The the minute that I then turned it into more of a business-type Instagram funny enough the engagement dropped because people just don't like to see you winning I guess I don't know like they don't they don't understand it so they don't engage in it and I get that but it's also a very vulnerable place to put yourself like you are very good with it you do obviously like your, your throat punch Fridays and you're always on there taking questions and stuff like it's just for me I just don't feel as comfortable in front of the camera as you
1: Yeah, but see, this is where we're very different because I am very happy to talk to people for a long time, as we're both aware. (laughs) Um, But writing, I really don't like it. I don't like writing. writing. And I have four books out now, Mm -hmm. and it's like, and I've written all of them myself. I didn't get someone else to write it for me, but they were the hardest things that I have done because Mm -hmm. whereas you can articulate yourself better through words. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to stick a camera in my face and just be like, Hey guys, what's going on?
0: (laughs) It's very real. real. And I think that's why your Instagram has grown the way it has is because it is relatable. Like, it's just, I was thinking about this. Just want to talk about it. Do you know what I mean?
1: A crazy thing from last night, literally last night I did a Q and A and um, someone asked me like, you know, how's the last six months been for you? Good and bad. And I went super into it. And I was just like, it's been terrible. Like my mental depreciation over the last six months has been awful. Like we've both been through some pretty awful injuries and stuff. And pandemic uh, doesn't (laughs) help. You know, Um, and I was honest and I actually answered it honestly. And I was just like, you know, this is what's happening. And this is how I feel about it. And it's like, I'm not going to sit here and cry to you about it. But I am going to tell you that I'm still working on it and honestly the guy guy who asked me that question was like dude wow I didn't actually expect you to have that answer you know like I expected you to be like it's all good (laughs) you know and and then I was just reply to him and I was like well this is what you get you don't Mm -hmm. get beating around the bush you don't get beating around the bush with me like if I don't feel good I'm not the best at talking about my feelings and stuff but if I don't feel good I'll let you know about it
0: yeah, but that's that's good though. That's what I said, and I think that social media lacks that authenticity sometimes. Like, you know, we've both been in the agency space. I know you had an agency for a while, um, and you know yourself. Like, living in that world is very, it's very humbling because at one point you think, oh, I'm really not performing at my best because this person showing me they're in Dubai. Earning 50,000 pounds a month, blah, blah, blah. And actually, that might be their one best month for the entire business, but it's yeah. still a, a, a highlight reel. And we don't see the failures. And I think people relate more to the people that actually hold their hands up and go, Do you know what? I tried, didn't actually succeed the way I thought it would. Learned this, I'm going to try again. People yeah. appreciate that. Whereas, you know, it's great to admire people from afar, but do, do any of us really believe it? Like, how many times have you seen an influencer? Like, oh, living life in Dubai, you know, I've got this and I've got that. And we're at the fanciest hotel in, in Dubai. And you're like, but what do you do? Like, what is your business? Apart from having an OnlyFans, like, <laughs> what is it that you do? Do you know what I mean? And like, it's so superficial. It drives me nuts. But I think like, on a level where we're at like obviously you've got like th- what th- nearly three and a half k followers on instagram i've got nearly two like people relate to you when you are being honest and actually you'll probably get your most um engagement from having a small following but a concentrated following of people who connect with you for being real yeah
1: oh yeah 100 percent and it was like, I went down the same route as like these people in Dubai and, uh, you know, traveling across the world. I did the exact same thing. I would only ever show the good things in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was great for a while. And then I think it was like one time, oh, it was through a breakup. Oh, yeah, that was the best thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was through a breakup where I was literally trying to explain how I felt about things when I wasn't really in the room at the same time and I'm trying to make it sound out like it was amazing Mm. and then people were just like are you good Mm. and then I was like you know what i no no I'm not I'm not great um so I'm gonna be honest about it and I'm gonna tell you about it And I started telling people about my story about like my anorexia about like my depression and and things like that and that's my audience and the amazing thing is that people are like wow guess what Emily's a human being mm-hmm. and I'm just like uh, funny that I don't like to bullshit people like mm-hmm. I just i never liked it and I played that card for a yeah. while because that's what society told me to do so so I did but now I don't, and that's why people get sometimes a little bit like, like they kind of like shy away a little bit because they're like, "Dude, I didn't expect that response." And I'm like, "Well, you asked the question."
0: Oh yeah, and that's it. And all we can do is be honest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we've we've discussed before. Like, you can't, you just can't hide away from it. We're all human. Just because we're business owners, or just because we're in the public eye, like God, we're not, you know. Love Island level, but <laughs> oh I <laughs> but, hope not. <laughs> but you know, we we are putting ourselves out there on a public platform, like it doesn't mean that we don't go through things that everyone else goes through. Do you know what I mean? Like every life has ups and downs, businesses have ups and downs. Do you know what I mean? Like, even like we both played sports, sports have ups and downs. Do you know what I mean? Like for people to f- pretend that you know everything is fine all of the time is so unrealistic and it creates a false expectation which is part of the problem that we have on social media like social media is our job like that's what we do but the detriment that it has to people's mental health based on this false perception is incredible
1: yeah and that's the thing and that's why I like using the platform the way that I use it now Mm -hmm. you know because I'm actually showing people that you not knowing where you want to go with your business where you don't really know the steps that you need to take is actually really normal yeah and then there are people like me and you out there that are essentially we've been through it mm-hmm. we've done it we've we walked that it out. yeah and we can help you get to the next step but we're not t- sitting there going like look at my new mercedes (laughs) like you know we're not doing shit like that we're actually sitting there and going no 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 we're gonna figure out who you are Mm -hmm. what you want to bring to the table what you value in your business and i'm gonna help you Mm by step the steps that i fucked up
0: yeah but that's the same with people that want to start their own business like it's okay to show that everything isn't okay all of the time like Majority of my posts over the last year have been about my leg, but that was something that I went through and still managed to maintain my business with. I think that we need more of that to show that actually it's okay to have problems. Like it's not always gonna be you know, sunshine and rainbows, but you can maintain throughout that, do you know what I mean? And these are the things that helped me. Like Even when I was doing my, my fitness journey with YouTube and I did summer shredding and all of that sort of stuff, that was all it ever was. It wasn't, I'm an expert. It was, this is what's worked for me. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't, you know that it doesn't, or you tried it and, you know, you take it and you discard it. That's what That's what life is. Like, you have to figure it out as you go along. None of us had a, a blueprint. None of us, like, I mean, you, you know, you can get courses and stuff now, but even there are exceptions that are all in those. What one person says works, another one says doesn't. Like, yeah. you have to take what applies to you and and put it into action or take it, accept it for what it is and say, well, this doesn't work for me, but I'm going to accept this other part that does work for me. Like it's literally a jigsaw and just figuring it out. And I think that's what business is missing. Like I said, this is why I started the podcast was because I wanted people to understand that it's okay to not know your direction or not know where your next step's coming from. It is sometimes literally taking a leap of faith and sometimes you're going to hit the floor but other times you might sprout wings and you're going to go somewhere it's literally just taking the decision to say i'm going to do it and come what may
1: yeah which is awesome. and like and uh, you are a fine example of that <laughs> like honestly that like well to be honest over the last like 12 18 months the shit that you've been through like it, it's been amazing to watch you go through that as not just Someone who's bothered about your businesses, but as your friend, like it's been amazing to see you go through all the trials and tribulations and be texting you, and and you'd be like, "I'm back in hospital again," and I'm like, "I'm literally sat at home, like, fuck, what do I do? Like, what I can't make this any better," which is a fundamental quality that I have, which is just like I always want to make everything better. Yeah. Um, But you, you know, you freaking, you owned it.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, like, Jess, like, my other half, she only said to me, I think maybe four weeks ago, she said to me, when you were going through all of your operations and your infections and all that stuff, she said, I never told you at the time, but I thought you were going to die. And I was like, what? I was like, hang on a minute. (laughs) I was like, where did this come from? Like, What? You thought I was gonna die? She was like, you had sepsis, like you are there was a like a a very big possibility that you were gonna die. Like your leg exploded in the middle of A and E. You had a six centimeter infection into your kneecap, like into the the socket of your knee. She said, like, at the very least I thought you were gonna lose your leg. And I was like, and I said this to my other friends, like we went for a socially distanced walk the other day. And she was like, they were like, oh, yeah, we we thought like easy you were going to lose your leg. And I was like, where is all this come from? I was like, why did no one tell me at the time they thought I was going to lose my leg or die? She's like, well, it's just not the sort of thing you say to someone, is it? And I was like, she, I said, Do you know what? In all honesty, I never, it never crossed my mind that anything like it was ever going to be anything but okay. Like, I know it was going to be hard and I know like I had my, my down times where I knew things were never going to be the same, but that never, it never crossed my mind that I was going to be permanently disabled or, you know, I was going to die or anything like that. I just kind of got on with it. And I think that in our, in our like arena and our sphere, that's just built into us. Like, with business you literally take the leap of faith and you go i'm gonna sink or swim here and it's fine whatever happens because i'm gonna learn from it or something good is gonna come from it and then we'll move on like you can't literally you can't you can't take each knock and go oh i'm just gonna stop now because it didn't work out that time because you know you're just never gonna get anywhere and like when like all all of like my leg and stuff settled down, I was actually proud of myself that that had never crossed my mind because it just shows the mental fortitude that I have now that I maybe didn't have four or five years ago. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it's only when something really drastic like that happens and you look back on it and go, actually, I am proud of myself. Like, yeah, I'm still not walking downstairs like a you know a normal human being at 33, but. I'm walking and I still have my leg. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's completely different. Like you have to have, you have to have that mentality of, right. It is what it is. It's happened. So what am I going to do about it? Like, where do I go from here? You can't go back. You can, you know, you can understand it or you can, you can look at it and go, oh, maybe I should have charged that client more or maybe I shouldn't have taken on that client or, you know, anything like that. But then you go, right. Well, it's happened now. It is what it is. So where do we go from here?
1: so i've never seen comfortable people grow Mm-mm. ever normally 9 times out of 10 you have to either put yourself in an uncomfortable position or be in an uncomfortable position in in order to grow yeah. and that is normal and that is uh, you did a similar thing that you know i did like when i ruptured my Achilles i had quite a lot of responsibilities mm-hmm. and which financial responsibilities and just because I couldn't go to work, I still had to learn how to do stuff outside of work. And I made more money than I ever have made before in that one singular month. But also like, and that's where like, I really like, I am proud of you so much because you did the same thing. Like, c- cause I was never gonna turn around to you and be like, what you've got is serious. Mm-hmm. Like I was never going to do that because as a business owner to a business owner, that's not what you want to hear. And it's not what you need to hear. You yeah. don't need to hear that. You need to have a basically reality put in front of you, mm-hmm. but a reality that you can dictate, which was yeah. you, you knew that your leg wasn't a great thing. <laughs> you knew what happened wasn't brilliant, yeah. but you use that situation And you grew from it. And that's incredible. That's the best thing that you can do.
0: No, I appreciate that. I mean, like, it is what it is. Like, the same with you and and your Achilles, you know. You hadn't played football for God knows how long. Come back for maybe, what, two, three games and and did that. Like, And they said to you, you'd never run again. But you're out running for fun, which I still don't understand, by the way.
1: (laughs) Well, you get told you can't do it. Then suddenly, when you can do it, you go go running.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I, I do understand that aspect. Like, I've never wanted to ride a bike in my life. And then, like, I think it was two months out of my last surgery, I was on my sister's bike trying to get to the end of my estate. Like, I can do this. And I was like, why? Why am I doing this? But it was just to prove to yourself that you can. And you start to appreciate the things that you never thought you would appreciate. You know, I'm not saying I didn't have my depressive times. I mean, yeah, my other half would probably tell you that I had quite a few depressive times where I was like, oh, it's never going to be the same again. You know, and maybe it's not but it doesn't mean it can't be something good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I put, I'm, I'm proud of myself that I have that mentality. And, you know, I didn't have a good bed routine. I didn't have a good morning routine. I didn't work certain hours because I just, I was concentrating on surviving to the point where I was like, okay, I can keep this ticking over until I'm ready to reattack it. But, you know, now, I have to be reminded of how far I've actually come because I'm still impatient like I'm like you know I want to do it I want to do it I want to and I'm gonna do it and I if I fail then I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna do it again you know and I think that's the kind of fortitude you need to survive in business no matter what no matter what business it is
1: yeah oh no I totally agree I totally agree with everything that you said
0: (laughs) yeah I mean it is what it is but like now I mean I still struggle to find a morning routine that works for me like because you know same as you I love the gym and if I go to the gym it's usually for three hours because it's half an hour before I even make it into the gym after talking to everyone I work out for two (laughs) hours and another half an hour on the way out I can't do that in the morning by the time I actually get to my desk it's midday and I'm like oh missed out on a whole morning's worth of work, you know? So I'm still struggling to find like a morning routine that works for me. Like, and obviously I know you like work a day job, but like, what does your normal sort of daily routine look like?
1: Uh, slightly psychotic. <laughs> um, I wake up at between like quarter to five to 5am. Five um, and then I get up and the first thing that I do is coffee. I have to have my coffee. I can't stand not having a coffee yeah and then from 5 a.m until like about 6 30 I work at my desk and that's usually that time is where I'm answering emails uh, checking up on people from the night before because I turn my phone off at nine o'clock like no one can get me from nine o'clock I don't accept anything like the only numbers that can get through is my mom and my dad if it's an emergency yeah um so I do all that kind of stuff, kind of get the day ready, make sure that everything's scheduled for clients in the day. Then I go work my day job. That's from, from when I leave my house from 6.30 until 5 p.m. when I get back in. Um, five until six is when I like to like make food, kind of have a shower, chill mm-hmm. out. Um, and then pretty much it depends what I've got going on. So Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays are always really busy for me um, that is usually where I book calls in, Mm -hmm. so, um, and I do that. Mm -hmm. I try and work out as much as lockdown workouts are going, Mm -hmm. um, but I can literally sit at my desk from about half six until midnight and continue working, and also I'm a big gamer, I really like my video games, so I categorically... Did you
0: manage to get hold of a PS5? I did. Oh so jealous so jealous um, how
1: is it it's amazing it's <laughs> right next to me <laughs> um but then on friday nights i like categorically from 7 p.m until 11 p.m is gamer night yeah and i get and i get all the boys on and we just play like war zone and shit and chat shit and yeah. drink beer and you know like that's what we do and but i have done that um, to be honest, I only stopped doing it for about the last eight months, but things have recently changed, as you know, mm-hmm. and I'm getting that routine back that I had before, which was kind of like, cause it, sometimes I could do my work at 5am and finish at half six. And then on my lunch break at work, I also work. I sit in my car with my mom. I are you in your car. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I do that. And sometimes I can get home and I have no work to do. Mm hmm. So then I do, I go for a run or I play some more video games or I read a bit more or I just chill out. I put a face mask on and all this kind of, you know, like I do all those yeah. sorts of things, but the I function a lot better in the morning.
0: So uh, yeah. like, from, anyway.
1: yeah, so from 5am mm-hmm. until about 3pm is my bet like I am the best. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's in the evening is a bit of a struggle and that's why I like to go to the gym instead because that kind of like is my kind of mental space where I can just, I can lift, I can lift iron and get gain (laughs) um, and do all that kind of stuff, which, you know, we're not doing at the minute. Um,
0: I miss it so bad.
1: Yeah, but I, I am usually in bed asleep by 20 past nine.
0: See, I used to be like that. When I was working a day job, cause I was the same as you, I'd be up at five um, and I would leave for my day job at six cause I worked at Heathrow. So it took me an hour to get there. Um, I was in bed by half nine, usually asleep by 10, um, seven hours. I was in a really good routine. As soon as I started obviously lockdown and then hospitals and uh, working for myself and all that my routine went right out the window. Because, like, in in hospital, they wake you up at, like, half five. And I'm like, dude, how am I supposed to get rest and recover when you're waking me up at five o'clock in the morning? And to be fair, when I had sepsis, they were waking me up every hour to do my ops, which is, again, not conducive to a relaxing, recovering environment. So, like, because I was in hospital, I think I had four operations in five months. So that was, what, one nearly every month, like my my sleep pattern went out the window like I didn't have any kind of routine like because I didn't know what was coming from one day to the next I remember we went down to see my partner's mum in Lower there near Norwich at the coast and a couple of days later I'm being taken to the hospital then I had a photo shoot in Essex and I had to drive back to Lower Then I got diagnosed with sepsis and I had to have my knee done. Then I sent me home and this is all in the middle of lockdown. So it's just like, what the hell is going on anyways? No one's working. Everything's all up in the air. And like literally like for like every six weeks, my routine changed. I just couldn't get to grips with it. Yeah. And then you had like gyms closed, gyms open, gyms closed. And for me, as you know, rehab was a big, big thing for me. I just couldn't nail it down so then like the mornings became really sort of up in the air because I was sleeping quite late to like maybe 10 11 but then I would work really late to like 11 12 because my brain was like once I got out of that funk of oh I'm sick my brain yeah. started kicking in it was like full steam ahead it just didn't stop yeah. so now I'm kind of like I can I can go to bed late I try and Bring it forward to maybe 10 half 10 but I'm still struggling to find that balance of where like my working day is because yes. like I mean I don't, I know you know but once your mind starts going there's, there's no stopping it and you don't want to stop it because all these amazing ideas and thoughts and stuff start coming so for me I started keeping a journal so every day like, like it's a business journal I'll start thinking about systems automations delegations all of my staff like all of my team members i don't like to call them staff like team members how i want the things to function and how they fit together because i can quickly write it down and then switch off because i get it out
1: yeah, I yeah to, the same, same with me like i i normally want to be in bed by nine But then there are periods of if someone needs something doing, then I'll stay up until midnight to get it done.
0: Yeah. See, that's my problem. I got to learn to say no, though. Like you have to have working hours. Like, don't get me wrong. You should work really hard. But if a a request comes in at 11 o'clock at night, you're like, I'm like, I want to. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah.
1: Like this only if it's like it's a workload that I know that needs to get done. Yeah. And I have a set period of time to get it done, Mm -hmm. which usually I normally have one of those evenings. So I work until midnight, but then I'll give myself like Saturday morning off.
0: Yeah. You have to really like balance it out because although we are there to service people and our our business is a service-based business, it is still a business and we need to have Mm -hmm. that sort of separation. Like Jess tells me off all the time. She's like, you need to have a, like, a time to switch off because otherwise you're never going to switch off and yeah. then you're going to burn out, which is what yeah. I don't want. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: I have personally gone through that. Do not do it. It's not yeah. fun.
0: No, exactly. And that's it. Like you just, I'm like, I'm, I want to help people. And I'm a people pleaser in terms of like the value that I provide and the service I provide. I'm proud of it. But I need to remember that actually I am still a business. Yeah. And I wouldn't expect to text my client at 11 o'clock at night asking for assets and yeah. then for them to respond do you know what i mean which is why everything for like now needs to go through slack like no email no text no whatsapps all of that sort of stuff because yeah. i need to remember that actually i do have a life outside of work although i love my work it has like you have to have that balance like and when we all know like everyone says Gary Vee you gotta eat shit and you've gotta work hard and work you know do what you've got to do to get it off the ground yeah but you also have to protect yourself and your mental health and your ability to provide the service that you're saying you're going to provide which you won't do if you burn out
1: yeah if you burn out it's pointless the
0: whole the whole process was pointless
1: Like I've I've been there and I've done it. Mm -hmm. And you just spend the next two to three months piecing yourself back together Mm -hmm. to function like a normal human being.
0: Yeah.
1: And you lose your clients in the entire process because you can't give them a service. Exactly. Because you're not in a fit state to give them a service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's because you that's why my phone shuts off at nine o'clock it's even automated I don't even touch it and it's like that's why it goes off at nine o'clock it's why I make sure that I have a little timer that goes off for my reading time it yeah. makes sure that I take like even the weird things like I even take my supplements a day mm-hmm. it just like it reminds me that I need to do stuff for me yeah for you to ensure that I am bringing my best self to my clients.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is what I try and explain to my clients as well. Like I don't want to bring half of me to the service because I'm not doing them any justice and I'm not doing myself any justice. Like in all, like you're never going to get someone who cares about your business as much as you, but we are the people that come close because we're invested in their business. Like as advertisers, if you yeah. They don't succeed, we don't succeed, because we're not providing what we're saying we're providing. So we're as close as it's gonna get. So for me to then provide half of myself and half of my capabilities and half of my concentration because I was up till 11, 12, one o'clock at night dealing with a late night request, mm. it's gonna have a knock on effect, do you know what I mean? Like I have to protect myself and and corner myself to say, right, well, Come six o'clock. Only emergencies in terms of like, fuck the ad campaign has been banned or the ad account's been banned or whatever. Then I'll be like, okay, it's an emergency. Do you know what I mean? We need to deal with this now. But other than that, like it can wait till tomorrow. It's only twelve hours maximum. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to give yourself the the best of yourself to your clients, and you can only do that by looking after yourself.
1: Yeah, and also it's like going through the distinction of making sure that you're productive and not busy. Yeah. Because that was the worst thing that I did. That's how I burnt myself out is I was always busy. Yeah. But then it was always doing things like, I'm going to organise the folders on my laptop at 3am. Who the fuck does that? Yeah, not me, (laughs) not going to lie. Exactly. (laughs) And like and that's where I got into. I just I felt like I needed to work the entire time that I was not actually producing anything, I was just busy.
0: Yeah. I mean and, we can all be busy, like there are always things to do, but if they're not moving the needle forward, then they, they can wait. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they can wait
1: and you can get a full seven, eight hours sleep because it will not go anywhere and it is not detrimental to your business. Exactly. So you need prioritizing that's probably the best word for it like you need to be able to prioritize like you know that that client needs that doing and that client needs that doing and you might need to put this stuff on instagram and get that testimonial through but as a business owner
0: you need to make that definition and that distinction like as a business owner i know when i started out i was like everything's important everything is number one priority but what I actually found was if everything's number one priority, nothing is a priority because they're all the yeah. same. So really you need to be able, like, be okay with saying, no, it can wait. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's the same. Like, I mean, like, uh, you know, I do social media, mm-hmm. but I've just taken six weeks off from social media. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I, well, I'm going to say this as lightly as possible, but like, no one missed me it was not a priority and mm-hmm. I've got all my posts scheduled for this week now mm-hmm. and everything like that and I'll just go straight back into normal
0: yeah
1: but people like to, to some people that's a priority to me that's not a priority because my personal brand is already established mm-hmm. like I, I disappeared for six weeks and I came back and people were like like oh did you have a nice Christmas then
0: yeah and it's also it so service to provide. Like it doesn't affect your ability to provide the service to your clients, whether yeah, you're exactly. on social media. But yeah. Right. So we've been going for a hell of a long time now. So yeah. I'm gonna wrap this up because otherwise we'll be here for four hours. So I'm gonna ask we'll you one. Bit, midnight. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we've been going for two already. So I'm going to ask you something that I'm going to start asking everyone. What are like the three resources you would recommend for anyone looking to get into business or to try and, you know, systemize and automate their business to the point where they're more effective?
1: Oh, God, I've never been asked this question before. <laughs>
0: um,
1: A good email service. So mm-hmm. either, I mean, I don't personally like MailChimp, but it mm-hmm. is the cheapest option.
0: Yeah, um, I'm a fan of
1: Mailerlite, but yeah yeah, I use Active campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so I personally like those because of the way you can automate things and you can make everything really streamlined. So I definitely think that because once you build an audience, you should retain an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, second would be a platform called Bonsai, mm-hmm. which is a invoicing and tax accounts. Um I think it's only like fifteen dollars a month. Wow. And literally you just put everything in, and at the end of the year, you can export it all and it has it all there for you and it's great okay. it's just all in one platform and then um like you said like with slack something like slack mm-hmm. because um i didn't start using it and considering i've been doing this for a while i didn't start using it until i think it was the back end of last year and honestly with the few contractors few freelancers that i do use it has made my life so much easier
0: yeah I do because love Slack.
1: It have to be like this all the
0: yeah. time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you can get the Slack app, which I do have on my phone. Another one that I've really found useful and I've sort of introduced other people to is ClickUp. Click it's a fantastic up. way of tracking like any tasks and stuff that you need, but you can also create a workflow in there. Um, I know before I started using HubSpot for my, uh, my, my was well, a bit like pipe drive, my um, tracking my leads. Uh, you can use it for the same thing. You can set it up in the same in the same way. Um, create tickets, create updates, reminders, all that sort of stuff. So, and that's free actually until you start adding team members in there. So, I would advise looking at ClickUp. I was gonna say I'm going to take note of that and I will <laughs> definitely look into it. <laughs> I use it for like all of the tasks. Like I use, like I said, I'm very pen and paper, and I use it to track like everything that's not on my daily sort of tasks list so things that I want to do for the for the business in terms of like I don't know my mailing list any ideas I want to do for that and like I said I did um all of my leads on there so you can set each column up and move it through the sales funnel as you go and yeah it's fantastic it really is
1: yeah no cool like that's that's awesome I mean, that would help me out a lot. I also have one that's called To-Do List. Is that? Yes,
0: I heard of that. I haven't used it, but I have
1: heard of it. I use that because you can get it on your phone. And I first started using it on my phone. And then you could get a desktop app. But the worst thing that I do...
0: You can use it desktop and app.
1: Yeah, the worst thing that I do is I put down all of these things that need to be done. And then it suddenly like shouts at me. <laughs> you said you were going to do this 20 minutes ago, and I'm like, dude, that, I was a different person 20 minutes ago.
0: <laughs> to be fair, we all need a little shouting out sometimes, depending on what it is. True, very true. All right, well, Emily, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch up again because obviously, we're good friends and we have a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, do you want to tell people your social media, where they can find you, and all of that good stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to contact me directly, the best way is Instagram. So that is Emily E Topping. Um, other than that, you know, little like plug in there. Check out EmergeElite.co.uk if you want some cool fitness clothes. Awesome. And um, yeah, and I've got books. So if you want to go to emilytopping.co.uk, I have books that you can buy as well. Because obviously I am multidimensional.
0: <laughs> You're a multitasker at its finest i am <laughs> all right buddy well thank you very much and uh we'll catch up soon
1: all right thank you very much for having me
0: no worries cheers